worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the book of Psalms, Psalm 23, beginning at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Then looking further in Psalm, Psalm 27, beginning at verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me. In this I will be confident. One thing I've desired of the Lord, that will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head, my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. All of Psalm 27. Father, we thank you for your wonderful word. Thank you for the ways your word counsels us, strengthens us, lifts us up, lifts us up, helps in so, so many ways that empowers our prayer life and does so many other wonderful things. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of being able to open your word and spend time one-on-one -on -one with you every single day. Father, anoint us afresh with the spirit of prayer. Empower us more and more to be the faithful, praying church you'd have us to be. Help us to grow in our understanding of the fact that our prayers make all the difference in the world every day of our lives. 
Thank you for every believer listening. Thank you for your hand of grace upon each and every one of us. Thank you for us as the church. and Thank you for us, Lord, as a nation. Help us, Lord, as the church and as a nation to put you first. Help us to make no graven images. Help us, Lord, to not take your name in vain. Help us, Lord, to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Help us, Lord, to honor our fathers and our mothers. Help us to not murder. Help us to not commit adultery. Help us to not steal. Help us to tell the truth. Help us to not covet. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Our God in heaven, we come to you and we're thankful today, Father. We're thankful that we can look into your word and see that you are the Father of all mercies, that you are the God of all comfort, that you are the Lord and there is no other. What a hope we have today. Father, we pray for our listening family with the different health needs, the financial needs, the needs in relationships. Father, those who don't know you as their Savior, we pray, Father, that you would do a mighty work in our listening family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. As always, we want to remind you, please take time to pray daily for the ministry of the American Family Association. And we ask that you pray also specifically for this broadcast and all the broadcasts on the AFR network. We very much desire and need your prayers. So your daily prayers are very much appreciated. Uh, We're continuing to remind you of our upcoming Marriage, Family, and Life Conference 2023 with the theme this year, For His Glory Alone. The American Family Association is having its annual Marriage, Family, Life Conference 2023 right here in Tupelo, Mississippi. The dates are July the 6th through the 8th, and we've extended the registration through June 1st. So if you haven't registered, please do take the time to go online and do just that. You can register at www.marriagefamilylife.net. Again, that's www.marriagefamilylife.net, and click on Register Now. Keep in mind the conference, it's two conferences in one. It's the MFL 23, uh, and it includes the Youth Apologetics track for the youth ages 4 to 17, and, of course, the track for adults as well. The adults, $75 a person, children, $50 per child, and the ages are from ages 4 to 17. So for more information, go to that same website, www.marriagefamilylife.net, as well as that's the same one to register if you'd like to. And again, the theme this year, For His Glory Alone. Hope to see you there. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Uh, We're grateful for the responses we got uh, so far uh, about we offered a living Bible, and we want to offer that uh, same offer again today for the first two individuals that email us. Again, my email is joseph at afr.net. We'd like to send you a living Bible. And again, the first two individuals uh, will be glad to send it to you. Uh, And one of the goals behind that, of course, is, you know, we often talk about the importance of being a student of God's Word. And the Living Bible Translation is a great translation. It's very easy to read. And some, some listeners may decide you want to get a copy for yourself. Others might think, I'm going to get it for my son or my daughter or for someone else that you know that it could be a blessing to. But again, the first two persons to email us, again, my email, joseph at afr.net. 
We'll be glad to send it to you. Just send us your contact and your mailing address as well. Again, thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Today we're looking at the topic, the God who makes big plans. Again, the God who makes big plans. And I'd I'd like to remind you, too, that you know, on a pretty regular basis, we're encouraging believers to set the goal of reading at least three chapters in the Bible every day. Now, something I want to say at the outset as we're looking at this topic is Old and New Testament, very consistently, a clear truth that God wants his people to grasp is that the just shall live by faith. Old and New Testament, that's a critically important truth. If you want to please God, as Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 tells us, you have to walk in faith. And without faith, you can't please God. There's no way for you to please God. So it's critically important that we are faithful to be believers who are walking in faith continually. And so we want to take the time to look at and go through Hebrews 11 because, again, it lays out very clearly for us insights from the Word of God that teach us about important individuals and people of faith. Hebrews 11, starting at verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand that the world's were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the sea shore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were, were assured of them, embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, 
In Isaac, your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. You're listening. We'll stop there and we'll pick back up on the other side. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession today as we're looking at the topic, The God Who Makes Big Plans. We'll be right back. Planet Shakers, 
with Only Way, reminding us that Jesus Christ is the only way to eternal life and eternal salvation. We're looking today at the topic of the God who makes big plans, and we appreciate you tuning in here on the Hour of Intercession. We were reading through Hebrews chapter 11. We'll pick up now at verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches and the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured to sing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? The time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, Quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Verses 1 through 40, all of Hebrews chapter 11. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. Again, we're looking at the topic today, the God who makes big plans. And, you know, a very important and a very foundational question we as believers are wise to ask is, what is the Word of God? What is the Bible? And, of course, there are many answers that help many answers that we can respond with. The Bible is the written Word of God. The Word of God is Jesus. The Word of, God's, the Word of God is the best-selling book in all of the world. The Word of God also is our guidebook for life. The Bible, the Word of God, it's a, it's a biography. It's an autobiography as well. And again, it's these and so many other things. But amongst other things, it is a guidebook for life. Keep in mind, when we walk with God, reading the Word is the way that basically helps us know how to walk. It's important to know the Bible, amongst other things, is a roadmap for us as believers. And it's important that we're following the roadmap that God has given us. 
Reading the Word of God is so important because remember, amongst other things, as Hebrews 11, 6 turns out, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so an important question we need to ask is, well, how do we get faith? Well, the Bible lets us know that God has dealt to every man a measure of faith, but for you to increase or to grow your faith, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. Again, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So that means on a regular basis, as a life and as a lifestyle as believers, we need to be students of God's Word because our goal is to always be growing in our faith and growing in, uh, as to how, is, how we can growing up so that we can become believers who are moving in the power of God's faith continually and consistently. So again, as we're looking at the topic of the God who makes big plans, remember this, our Heavenly Father is a big planner. He makes plans for a day, plans for weeks, plans for months, plans for years. But God makes plans for eons. God makes plans for thousands of years, millions of years. God has plans millions of years down the road. So certainly, he has plans for our lives as well. Did you know that uh, God planned out your and my life long before we were born? He laid out a perfect plan for our lives. But in order for us to walk out that plan, it's important that we come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then we begin to walk with God. And one of the many reasons why we need to be students of God's Word is because the Word of God is a key tool that helps us to walk in God's plan for our lives. Now, keep in mind, much of the clear will of God can be known in the written Word of God. But now remember, you know, just like, for example, we think of the Ten Commandments. You don't have to pray about, Lord, should I steal that item I saw in the store yesterday? No, it's wrong to steal. God's already let us know. Or should I lie about this problem to get out of this troubled situation? No, God doesn't want us to be liars. We know much of the will of God, but there are areas in your life where God's word is maybe not quite so specific. It doesn't say, thou, John Smith, will move to New York and become an attorney and marry Susie Q and have three children. The Bible's not quite that specific. But keep in mind, as you read and study and meditate on the Word of God, your ability to hear the Holy Spirit more and more clearly is going to increase more and more. And so for the specific areas where you need guidance and direction in your life, the Holy Spirit is more than able to fill in all the gaps. But our job is to listen to the Word of God and obey the Word of God and as the Holy Spirit guides and leads us more specifically in our lives, we're to live with a yes, Lord, attitude. God has worked for each and every one of us. And at the same time, God's word has told us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Seek first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Well, how do we know how to seek the kingdom? Well, let me tell you, the word of God is our kingdom manual. When you're reading the word of God and obeying it, you're seeking first the kingdom. When you're living out what the Word of God calls you to do, you're seeking first the kingdom. I want to share with you briefly uh, an article, and it has to do with discerning your calling in life and living it out. And once again, if you'd like to get a copy, we'd encourage you to email us to get a copy because, again, it, it is a resource tool we'd like for you to have for you and for your family, but a tool to share with others so that they too can be blessed and encouraged by it. The title of the article is Walking Out Your Calling. Romans 11, verse 29 tells us, For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. 
Read that again. Romans eleven twenty nine. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Then in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Again, Jeremiah 1, 5. Every year during the month of May, we have the opportunity to attend one or more graduations where everything from high school diplomas to postgraduate degrees are conferred. Commencement addresses can be very interesting, sometimes amusing, but too often very disappointing. Commencement speakers are usually gifted orators who use the occasion to display their knowledge, praise the graduates for their accomplishments, hold up high expectations for them, and assure them of a bright future. But too often the speaker fails to include God or the will of God in the equation of the graduates' lives and futures. How tragic. If God is mentioned at all, it is often only an obligatory afterthought. Graduates are challenged to pursue their dreams, fulfill their desires, and make their own way. They're usually told to clearly identify their calling and to go after it with all their might. Again, how tragic. The reality is that God chooses your calling, not you. Jeremiah 1.5 We are not to decide what we want to do in life and then ask God to bless it. We're to pray and seek God for His call on our lives. Like the Apostle Paul, we're wise to pray, Lord, what do you want me to do? Acts 9.6 It's been said, if you want to make God laugh, tell Him your plans. Before you get upset that God decides your calling rather than you, consider this first. He made you, designed you, and molded and shaped you to excel and shine for His glory as you live out the calling that He gave you. God knows you better than you know yourself. You were made specifically to carry out the call He has given you, and no one in the universe is designed to carry out the specific call on your life but you. So be mindful of this truth. You were created to succeed at what God has called you to do. Your God-designed calling empowers you to live out your purpose in this world. The most exciting, fulfilling, and satisfying life you can possibly live is the life you live as you walk out God's calling. The wisest and best life you can possibly live is the life of embracing and running after the call of God. But His calling in your life must be accepted and then lived out faithfully. God is not going to change His mind, as Romans chapter 11, verse 29 tells you. You can accept, you can, excuse me, you can accept His calling and live it out by the power of the Holy Spirit, becoming a great blessing to the world, or you can run from your calling. However, doing so will only lead to a very frustrated, unfulfilled life, much like getting swallowed by a big fish. Read Jonah chapters 1 through 4. It will result in the waste of a lot of money, energy, and time. And be aware of this. Wasted time is wasted life. Then maybe after years of frustration, if you live long enough, you can say, Okay, God, I will now do what you told me to do years ago. My recommendation is to say yes to the Lord and His will right now, stepping into, into a more blessed life today. God and His will for your life is the best thing that can happen to you and to all the rest of us. 
again, the topic, uh, the, the title of the article is Walking Out Your Calling. And if you'd like to get a copy, please email us. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. And as I alluded to in the article, again, during the month of May, it's pretty common that lots of us do do exactly that. We go to lots of commen- commencements. Now, sometimes you hear commencement speakers that bring up God and seeking God, but it's tragic. It's super tragic that so many don't even mention God or barely mention God. Remember, God is the key to all of life. He's the key for the life of every graduate and every other human being as well. The key is seeking God and asking him, Lord, what do you want me to do? Father, thank you, Lord, for every person listening. Thank you for every young person who might be listening who's about to graduate from high school or maybe college or graduate school or some other graduating in some other capacity. But thank you, Lord, for the fact that you have a will for every one of our lives. You have a calling and a purpose for each and every one of us. And thank you, Lord, for the fact that when you make plans for us, your plans are always big plans. They're important plans. They're critically important plans to the world. Help us to know, Lord, that we each are a gift to the world. We're a gift first to you and a gift to the world. Help us, Lord, to live out that giftedness fully for your glory and the building of your kingdom. Help us to live in such a way that we walk in close fellowship with you, Lord, fully committed to you, and help us to be the maximum gift to the world that you've called us to be. Thank you for the opportunity to do just that, and thank you for your good and great plans, big plans that you have for every single one of us. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, uh, on the other side of the break, I want to read Genesis chapter 12, but it's a very familiar chapter. But keep in mind, it's keys on the man that we know as know as Abraham, the father of faith. But you know, a very powerful truth to remember is that, yes, Abraham was a, the father of faith, a great man in the Bible, and God let us know that he would bless the whole world through Abraham. But you know, an important truth to recognize is that God wants to bless the whole world through every single one of us. Now, if you think to yourself, well, I can see how God did, would and did bless the world through Abraham, but how could he possibly bless the whole world through little old me? Well, keep in mind, that question is not necessarily a humble question. In fact, it's a little bit on the arrogant side for this reason. We're underestimating the ability of God. God can take the life of one person, you or I, and touch the world with us. And that's not hard for God. Now, you might say, well, I don't see how God can do it. All that means is you don't see it, but that's not your business. It's not your business to see it. Your business is to believe that God can do what he's called us to do. And in order to be the maximum blessing we can be to the world, our job is to find out the call of God on our lives and fulfill it. Because God's plans for each one of us are big plans. They're great plans. They're glorious plans. But the key is walk with God to fulfill them. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we're looking at the topic, The God Who Makes Big Plans. We'll be right back. So caught up that I couldn't find a way out 
Toby Mac with the song It's You. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Looking in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 12, beginning at verse 1, it tells us these words. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai's wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan, so they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Moreh, and the Canaanites were then in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord, who had appeared to him, and he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. And it came to pass, when he was close to entering Egypt, that he said to Sarai his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore it will happen when the Egyptians see you, that they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, and that I may live because of you. So it was when Abram came into Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman that she was very beautiful. The princes of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. He treated Abram well for her sake. He had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys, and camels. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you, why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say, She is my sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now therefore, here is your wife. Take her and go your way. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. All of Genesis chapter twelve. And again, Abram Abraham was called his name at this point, of course, in the story is Abram, but God changed his name later to Abraham. But God had called Abram to pack up and move his family to a place that God would show him. And Abraham obeyed God. He packed up and moved to where God told him. And this was a part of Abraham's calling on his life to go and move to the promised land and to dwell there. And, of course, he obeyed God, and God blessed him. God blessed his children, his grandchildren. And all the way down through the years, 
his his family, his people, the Jewish people all over the world are descendants of Abraham, and they're still being blessed because of Abraham's obedience. Now, keep in mind, God had big plans, and he used Abraham to carry out some of those great plans. Abraham's part was to simply obey, was to simply say, yes, Lord. And remember, all of the Word of God is a book full of promises. It's a book of covenants. And as God's people hear and obey his Word, God carries out his big and great plans through all of us as we simply obey God and listen to him and allow him to show us and teach us what we're called to do. Again, all of God's plans are big plans. God doesn't make tiny plans. He makes big plans. But our job is not to try to decide whether or not God's plans for us and through us are big. They're always big. Our job is to have a yes, Lord attitude. God is the one that does all the heavy lifting. Our job is to believe that God can do his job. How important it is that we keep our eyes on the bigness of God and not be caught up in looking at how small or insignificant or ungifted we might think we are. It's not about that at all. The, our part is to trust God to be who he says he is. Reading and studying the word of God, and as I said earlier, Romans 10 verse 17 tells us, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How important it is that we keep our eyes and our focus on God, not on ourselves, our gifts, or our abilities. And we can watch God carry out the big plans that he's called each and every one of us to. You know, I think of this, you know, one of the uh, prayer tools that we like to share with listeners is entitled Kingdom Prayers. And it has 10 Bible-based prayers that are based on the Word of God that we would encourage you to take time to pray every single day. Two of them include, number one, the prayer of Jabez, and the second one, the prayer of Isaiah. Well, of course, the prayer of Jabez is found in the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 4, uh, chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. And they simply tell us again, chapter 4, 1 Chronicles, chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Now, of course, this, is a, this was a wise prayer on the part of Jabez to pray. And as he prayed it, God answered that prayer. Note the very last phrase of those two verses. It says, God granted him what he requested. Well, you know, as we pray this prayer in faith, God, this is a prayer that as we pray it in faith, God will always answer it. And one of the reasons being is because it's what you could call a kingdom prayer. It focuses on not just self, but it focuses on glorifying God through our lives. So I would encourage every single listener, make it your goal to pray the prayer of Jabez over yourself and over your family every day of your life. Because remember, every day you pray it, God will answer it, and he's glad to answer it because, yes, it blesses you, but it blesses the world. You, you are blessed. You are a blessing to the world, and God blesses the world through you. So I would encourage you to pray it every single day. Lord, thank you for every believer listening. Thank you for your hand of grace upon every one of them and all of us today, Lord. Thank you for each member of, the, each, member of each of our families as well. Bless each and every one of us indeed. Expand each of our territories. Cause your hand to be mightily upon each one of us. Keep each one of us from evil. 
that we may not cause pain. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. doesn't take but a few moments to pray it, but we're wise to pray it every single day. Why is that true? Because God is going to answer it. The first part of the prayer is, Lord, bless me indeed. In other words, you're not telling God how to bless you, but you're asking him to bless you and to bless you a lot. What a wise way to pray, pray because God knows how he wants to bless you today, but you're asking him to, when he does bless you, to just bless you a lot. A wise way to pray every single day of our lives. Then, then the second part, expand my territory. In other words, Lord, make me even more productive for your kingdom. Use me more, Father. Help me to be a greater blessing to the world than I already am. Again, another wise way to pray. Why? Because God wants to be glorified more and more through your life. Well, you might say, well, when I begin to pray and God begins to use me, should I keep on praying it? Sure you should. Why? Because God, God wants the whole world. God desires that all people would be saved, that his kingdom would be built all over the world. And as his people are asking to be used more and more. God is glad to answer that prayer. Why? Because God doesn't have enough children that ask to be used. He doesn't have enough children that are even crying out, Lord, use me more and more for your glory. What a wise way to pray and a way that God loves for his children to pray because he's going to answer that prayer. The third part of the prayer, that your hand would be with me. The hand of God is the Holy Spirit. You're asking for an, a greater portion, a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon your life. The Holy Spirit is the part that does the heavy lifting, a wise way to pray every day. And then the last part, keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Understand this, we are becoming more and more used of God. The devil will try to come against us and sometimes double team us and triple team us, but don't let that worry you. We're wise to pray, Lord, keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Trust God that he'll help you to overcome any and everything the enemy would bring against you, and you just keep right on being used mightily of the Lord, a wise way to pray every single day. And then the prayer of Isaiah is a wise way to pray as well. It's a prayer found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. Now, now keep in mind, an interesting thing to be mindful of as it relates to this is, you know, the whole book of Isaiah is a, is a powerful and a unique book in a number of ways, but Isaiah... This prayer characterizes Isaiah's life. The book of Isaiah is 66 chapters. And uh, keep in mind, the fact that the book is, uh, the, as a, is such a long prophetic book, I think is a result of Isaiah praying this prayer. Again, the prayer is found specifically in Isaiah chapter 6. It says, reading verse 9, it specifically says these words. Also, excuse me, this starts at verse 8, excuse me. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then he said, Here am I, send me. Well, Isaiah's response is a prayer. His, his words again are, Here am I, send me. In other words, he's crying out, Lord, I'm available, send me and use me. Again, a wise way to pray every single day. Why is that a wise way to pray? Because God is looking for servants who want to be used. God is looking for people who want to be used. God has big plans for all of us. But in order for us to be used maximally, it's wise for us to cry out that God would use us. And God's glad to answer that prayer. Father, more and more, anoint us all afresh with the wisdom and grace to be wise enough to pray prayers like the prayer of Jabez every day. 
and the prayer of Isaiah every day, knowing, Lord, that you're looking for servants who want to be used and that you're longing to use us. Thank you for the fact that you're a God who makes big plans and you use people of faith to help carry out those big plans. Help us to be vessels that are available vessels that you can use every single day of our lives in such a wonderful way. Thank you for the opportunity to be used that way each and every day of our lives. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, as we normally do before we end the broadcast, uh, we'd like to invite any and everyone that's listening that has never invited Jesus Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior. Today is a good day to pray and ask God to save you and make you brand new. If you'd like to make that step and invite Christ to come into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life, would you simply pray this prayer from your heart with me even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess. Lord, I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways in my life. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In the word of God, you told us, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live the rest of my life for your glory. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you pray that prayer, we very much would like to be in touch with you once again. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Please email us and let us know that you made that step. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that are going to help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ and help you to put down deep roots in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, please email us. Again, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We hope to hear from you. Once again, if you'd like to get a copy of the article that we shared in the broadcast entitled Walking Out Your Calling, simply email us, same email, joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to share it with you. Again, the title, Walking Out Your Calling. Again, email joseph at afr.net. Thanks for listening today. We've been looking today at the topic, The God Who Makes Big Plans. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.